Hello and welcome to another episode of From Montana to Portugal. This is Janelle Holden. I am the author of From Montana to Portugal on Substack, which is also where I record this podcast, although you may be getting it in a variety of different places. I hope you click subscribe. I hope you come over to Substack and play with us over there. It is such an engaging and wonderful place. So on today's episode, I'm going to update you a little bit about the house selling process and how it's going and how I'm feeling and what I'm doing about it. And then I wanted to share some advice from the wives of ambassadors. So I'm in a book club with a few women whose husbands are in the foreign service. They themselves have online businesses and do a lot of different things um, besides being the wife of a foreign service ambassador. They have incredible lives. And I wanted to ask them, what they did to make moving abroad and living in some pretty extreme places easier for themselves. So I'm going to share that information and advice that they gave me here in a little bit. Thanks to them and thanks to that book club. So, but first, let me tell you about the house. So we listed it on May 11th. We've had two showings, um, three potential uh, buyers and I haven't done anything but listed on the MLS. Now, my background is in marketing and sales, so we are selling it for sale by owner, and that's an interesting process in and of itself. I've done it before, and it worked out really, really well. I'm hopefully hoping that this will work out really, really well, too. I will say this. There are a few things that I don't love. I really don't love prepping to show my house, and that is because as beautiful as we can make a house when it's being shown. It's not the livable space. I mean, we have, what I mean by that is when you're living in a house, you're really not that worried about people coming over to inspect every nook and cranny. But suddenly when you have a showing, it's like game on, sister. So Doug and I, Doug was in charge of the outside. I was in charge of the inside. And I mean, it took hours. And then we had one buyer who was interested in coming back. And so they came back and we got notice of that that morning that they came and they were coming in the afternoon. And that just like scrambled my whole work day because I needed to get the house ready. And then we were trying to figure out what to do with our dog and where to go while they were there. I mean, I will say that I... I dislike this so much that I probably will want to rent for the rest of my life. <laughs> that said, I am very grateful. I'm grateful to own a house. I'm grateful to have equity in a house. I'm grateful for all the opportunities that we're getting. I'm grateful for the interest that we've gotten. It's taught me a lot already. And one thing it's taught me, and I'm in sales, so I get to say this, is I detest tire kicking processes. What do I mean by that? I went to a garage sale a couple weeks ago, and I paid what they asked for. Um, that may, may mean that I'm terrible at negotiation, but actually, when I looked at what I was getting for $5, I got a new, a brand new pair of shoes that had never been worn before, two actually, and fit me perfectly and looked great. Why would I ask for $4.50 or $2.50 or 
just for the satisfaction that I got that money off. I just, I don't work that way. It scrambles my mind. So <laughs> in the, we, we got an offer actually uh, last night, our first offer since last fall. And I have to say it was disappointing. It was really disappointing. And um, we have friends and family who are realtors who say, you know, this is a business proposition. Don't take it personally. Your emotions can't come into it. Negotiate hard, et cetera. And I'm sorry, but I, it's very difficult to not get your emotions involved into something that you've put so much time and effort. We've lived here for six years and we've put so much love into this place. So anyway, what I want to get to about that is that I also kind of go by this guiding light. You know, maybe people say this is silly to not go by this or to go by this, but I go by this guiding light about my intuition. And I'll tell you a quick story about it. Um, before I married Doug, this is quite a while ago, I was working in Colorado and I got a job offer in Washington, D.C., which means meant that I was we were kind of fledgling in our relationship. I was going to have to leave him and go take this new job. And on paper, it looked perfect. Like on paper, I was going to make a lot more money. I was going to have my health care paid for. It was a very high, um, a very respected position. It was an honor to be asked to do it. And I was, you know, I was initially really interested. Um, but I was in love. I was in love with my husband, my now husband, and I didn't, I knew even though it was a fledging relationship that it was important. And the day that I was going to give my answer about whether I was going to move to Washington DC or not, I just felt sick to my stomach. I had this like, and it wasn't from something I ate and it wasn't something else. It was just this feeling of this is not the right thing. And that's what I woke up with this morning about this offer. I'm like, this is not the right thing. Even if I counteroffered, even if I negotiated hard, even if I got what I wanted, would I feel good about it? And at the end of the day, I didn't feel good. So I, I really follow those levels of intuition. And in sales, when someone is hard to deal with in the sales process, they end up being hard to deal with later. So I enjoy sales where people are like, yes, this is what I want. And I'm so super excited, but I may have a few little doubts, but once I'm in, I'm in. And uh, I know almost every salesperson would say that, but it is true when people come into something being hopeful and having the right positive mindset and being excited about what they're about to buy, they say different things. They act in a different way than if they are kicking the tires of your vehicle and wondering what's wrong with it and looking underneath it and looking for rust spots and trying to figure out if you're duping them or not, or if you're giving them a lemon or whatever it is. So for me, it's really important that when I leave here, I leave the love here. And somehow I get the hit that this person, whoever it is, or persons who are purchasing our property have a sense of love for the place, that they're really excited about it and they're doing their best to meet us where we're at and we're going to do our best to meet them where they are at. Now, many people who are in real estate are going to say, you're delusional. It doesn't work that way. And I can say, but I have an example of when it did because when I sold our house the last time, we sold it in one day. 
one day people with a very big cash offer, the price that we wanted, and a cash deposit of significance. Plus, they rented back to us for a month after closing. Plus, they bought things from me that I was selling at that time in my business. Crazy. And so I know I know the likelihood of that happening again are probably similar to the likelihood of me winning that trip to Australia again. Pretty slim. However, I am holding out hope that the likelihood of me feeling really good about the transaction, feeling really solid before we leave for Portugal is very possible. So I just want to say that out loud to any of you who are considering selling your home before you leave for Portugal or you're in that process, like I feel you. It's anxiety producing. I'm not going to lie. I have done a lot of meditating the last few days, cleaning and meditating and then trying to keep up with everything else. Believe me, I got a whole pile of paperwork that I've set aside until I finished some of these things. So I get it. Like it feels rough. You don't know what's on the other side of all of this. And this process itself, I feel like, yeah, I don't want to lose out on potential revenue that I might need in Portugal or later down the line. But I also don't want to be so, let's say, protective of my assets that I miss out on the benefits of leaving. So there's there's mindsets that I'm working with and um, I'm working with my body, I'm working with my mind, I'm working with my spirit, I'm praying, I'm asking for help, all of those things. So I just, if that if this is you, if you've been there, feel free to put a comment in under this podcast episode on Substack. It's a fun place for us to just have a little sense of, you know, whether we have this in common or not. And what I am planning on doing is really thinking about who the types of people, um, and when I say types, I don't mean demographics, really. I mean like um, there may be a little bit around their values who would be a great fit in my house. And what I mean by that is we have a huge lawn. It is gorgeous. It's landscaped and there's beautiful trees around it and perennials. And really the garden in the yard is one of the things that I love, probably the thing that I love the most. We have this beautiful fountain in the middle of it about this place. And so to me, it's really important that I get a sense somehow that this person really cares about that too. And, you know, again, realtors are going to tell me and lots of people are going to tell me you're insane. They're going to do whatever they want to do to the property after you leave and they will. It's not up to me. It's none of my business when we close what they do with it. But I just want that sense that maybe possibly they will value the trees and the plants and the things, the green things in this place. And who, what type of person does value those things? So if we're thinking about marketing and sales, where do those people hang out? Well, greenhouses, nurseries, garden groups, garden clubs. So that's probably where I'm going to try to focus on some unique advertising for this place and see if I can find someone who's just like goo goo gaga over the lawn that we have, or this whole landscaped park, basically, that we own with a house attached to it. Um, 
and who will love that and who will love that we compost and not think it's weird and be like, that's great. You compost and you've got ash and we can place that around the property. And there's opportunities for permaculture and there's opportunities for a food forest and all of those things. So I know I'm giving a little bit of business lessons here as well. I just can't help myself. Um, but in that case, I'm just, I'm thinking about where do those people hang out? Where would they find a property that they love that has those values and how do I reach them there? So that's my next step. I'm kind of getting over this latest offer stuff. I'm like getting over it and um, <laughs> in the sense of like getting it through my nervous system and getting recentered and rebalanced. And then I will be doing a lot more with that. But maybe in the meantime, just speaking this out loud, someone will see someone will see our place and say, wow, that place looks really cool. I want to come and see it. And if not, I will say this, we're not desperate to sell. So as much as I want to move to Portugal, I'm not willing to, you know, make a big deal about it um, in the sense of make some mistakes. So there's other possibilities there. All right, moving on to some advice that I received from some friends of mine who are in a business book club with me who all own businesses and are um, the partners or wives of people in the foreign service. And so I asked them when we were kind of in our free discussion time of book club, we weren't really talking about the book. We were talking about what everybody was going to be doing for their summer and maybe what we thought about the book, but mostly what we were doing for our summer. And both of them are stateside. And one of them said something that I think was really important. And for those of you who are about to make the leap or who are there, I think this is really good advice. And she just said, say yes to everything the first three months. Say yes whenever you're invited to something new where, when you move abroad. And she said, the reason why you want to do this is because you are searching for your people. Your people are going to be the biggest difference between you being happy there and you not being happy there. She said, you can be happy anywhere. And she told me that some of her favorite memories of her entire life were in Uzbekistan when she was going through a major health challenge and her children were threatened on their way to school, all sorts of very stressful things that she told me were happening. And she's like, yet I was still very happy there. And she said, and, and that's in large part to the community that you have around you. So even if you don't necessarily like the person who you just meet, maybe they're going to introduce you to someone who you adore and who is the right fit for becoming friends with you. So I thought that was fabulous advice and I'm just passing it on to you in case that helps. And I do think that, you know, a lot of times we talk about saying no to more and having really good boundaries. And I believe me, I could do a better job of that. And I think I could do a better job of saying yes, being open-minded and being willing to explore and being open to new experiences. So that gave me permission to do, to do that. And I thought it was an excellent, excellent thing. The other thing that she said after it's important to find your people is, listen, you don't need as much stuff as you think you need. And they have a limit in the Foreign Service to how much 
stuff they can bring with them as a family. It, I think it was, I think she said 7,200 pounds. You all may Google that and tell me it's different, but I, if I remember that correctly. And I was thinking to myself, yeah, um, I'm going to be bringing four suitcases or five. So I don't think my poundage is going to add up to that at all, but I still have the tendency to overpack. Not going to lie. I mean, I, I think I gen, generally overpack when I go places. Um, I usually pack that extra outfit or that extra shoe, pair of shoes or that thing that I think I might need. And there are really good travel packers out there who know how to pack, let's say, a medical kit correctly and things that they know it would be either expensive to get or rare to get wherever you're going. Um, but clothing... Clothing, oftentimes you can find pretty much anywhere. And maybe that's a really fun experience where you go and find new clothing somewhere that you're at that matches what the locals wear. And you take that back with you instead of everything that you came with. So I'm trying to think that through. And what she said to me was, she's like, do not pack as if you are going on vacation and do not pack as if you are going camping. Pack as if you want to feel at home where you go. So I'll say that again, pack as if you want to feel at home wherever you are going. And for me, that means bringing my grandmother's painting that she gave me, I'm gonna take that along in a, you know, in a tube and get it reframed when I'm there. <clears throat> it means for Doug bringing his guitars. He feels most at home when he's playing music. Um, of course, I got to bring my electronics and some camera equipment and things that I love to play with uh, around that. That makes me feel at home. My journals, my books, um, there's my Christmas ornaments or, well, not really an ornament, but it's a Christmas stocking that my mom made for me when I was little that I definitely want to take with me. There's some photographs. And so if I have to chuck out some clothing in order to fit those things in, I'm going to do it because People are clothed in Portugal. Let's like headline news here. They have clothes and there are clothes that I can buy when I get there. And so that is just not the biggest thing. What to me is, you know, my grandmother's necklace and my grandmother's earrings and things like that, that really tie me to my past and my heritage. Um, and I say heritage in the sense of just my ancestors um, <clears throat> versus some other random thing that I really don't care that much about, you know? Um, I I really want to feel like I have a connection back to my roots wherever I'm going, but that it's not weighing me down. So that was excellent, excellent advice of hers as well. I think the other person who was there was like, I'm feeling PTSD just having this conversation from all the planning moves abroad that she has done. And she said, that she loved everywhere they went except for Morocco and everyone that she was with loved Morocco. So she said, you know, just know that your preferences for things may be entirely different from everyone else's in the groups and that's okay. Find what you can about the place that you really do love and you like and keep going there and keep visiting there. So um, they also said the cognitive load is going to be high. So I know that. I know it's like it's something different every day. And so they said, you know, just be prepared for your nervous system to be kind of on fire all day long. <laughs> so um, 
Meaning, you know, you're trying to, you're looking around and going, I've never been here. I've never been here before. And to me, I'm wondering how much different that experience is from traveling because that's the experience I have when I travel. And I actually really enjoy that because I feel much more alive and in touch with my world when I feel that way, not stressed out so much, but just like, wow, look at that. Look at that. Look at that. That is so cool. So for me, I feel like that may not may that may actually be the fun part but i am i'm recognizing that i'm probably going to have to take a lower workload while i'm first there and also not maybe do as much activity as i think i can fit in and take some more naps and rests and that sort of thing so i feel like um it's going to be an adventure and i feel fairly prepared for that. And she also said, you know, if you're, I think one of my purposes for going is personal growth. I believe that getting out of our comfort zone and getting out of our routines every day is really good. Um, It's really good for the brain. It's really good for me in terms of growing. So, and she reminded me, you know, personal growth is not about being comfortable. It's about being uncomfortable. And I'm like, yeah, but yeah, I know there are going to be things that I know I'm going to just adore about there. And I know there are going to be things that I don't love as much. So anyway, I'm in a stage of mentally preparing. We're still learning Portuguese um, with the great patience of Miguel and the other members of our little small group that are learning Portuguese together with our Portuguese language teacher, Miguel, who lives in Lisbon. And he's fabulous. And so I am going to plan on writing some articles in Substack uh, about that learning journey of Portuguese because he's giving us so much and it's probably a good exercise for me to learn that way anyway. Um, So look for that in the future. And what else can I tell you? We're planting our garden. As I said, I love the garden and I can't not plant, especially around this time of year. It is absolutely gorgeous in Montana right now. If If you are wondering when to come to Montana, May and June are my favorite months to come to Montana. And the reason why is the crowds are are a little lower. You can't get into as many places in the mountains. So if you're coming to Glacier National Park, just know that it's not going to be fully open until July. But the parts that you do see are spectacular. And it's wet and it's lush and it looks like Ireland and it feels divine and there are no fires usually. <clears throat> Although we just got a we just got over a lot of smoke from northern Alberta. There was a ton of fires there and I haven't checked today to see how things are going, but the wind has not been sending their smoke down here anymore, but it was pretty pretty thick for a few days. Um I was quite worried about it for my relatives who live in Alberta and um, worried for our own health because when there's so much smoke in the air, it's not a good idea to be outside and I do have asthma. So <clears throat> it's fine though. We we survived it and I hope that the amount of moisture that we're getting will keep some of the fires at bay. But what happens in July and August here is that we start to get more forest fires and it can be blazing hot and there are a lot of people here. So If you can and you want to come to Montana, get here in June or September. September is my other favorite time to come. You can 
find so much in September that is still open. Really, the snow doesn't come until usually October, although we had a a whole lot of snow a few years ago in late September. So I say that with an asterisk, usually. September is a safe time to come. It's very beautiful. It's dry. The the temperature is good. And so, but now I'm really enjoying the end of May and June. Memorial Day weekend is coming up this weekend. And so if you are remembering someone in your life, um, I'm sending my love to you. For me, this isn't just a time to remember people who have passed who served um, our country, but it's a time for me to remember my grandparents and people who have passed in my life, friends and loved ones. I know that's a different day, but I'm just going to tell you that I like to put it in with Memorial Day. We go to, my parents and I go to um, graveside uh, services and we clean the graves and it just, it feels like a really good time of reflection for me this time of year, especially. So have a great and safe weekend if you're listening to this. And I hope some of this helps you send some good juju, mojo, what have you, my way, um, our way as we move into maybe another phase of selling this house. And uh, thanks for listening. I appreciate you so much. If you enjoy this podcast and you want to hear more from me and want to learn a little bit more about me, you can go to Substack, Janelle Holden. Substack.com is where um, my Substack lives. I have free and paid subscriptions there for people who want to support my writing and this podcast. Um, There's some fun little perks. I'm going to be adding more soon. I keep saying that it's been a little bit hectic, but even just um, for $5 a month, you can buy me a cup of coffee basically for sharing what I'm learning as we go along. And I will be sharing a lot more very soon. Thanks again. Have a great, great week.